This is the Epilog Audio Experience. Quick disclaimer for a podcast, the SOS show, points discussed in this podcast should not be relied upon as conclusive medical advice in any case. The host shall not be a substitute for proper medical professional. You must seek professional help in case of any requirement. Thank you. Caregiving and caregivers play a vital role in the society, something that is still to be recognized and respected and given its due. Welcome to episode number 80 of our podcast, The SOS Show with me, Suchita. In this episode, we talk about what implies caregiving, what's the kind of work they do and the support that they need as caregivers. Also, specifically, our understanding of caregivers when it comes to mental illnesses. And in the end, a very, very sweet story on starfish. So don't miss that out. And please help me in welcoming the guest for today, Bhavna Isser. Bhavna is the founder and CEO of a social venture, Caregiver Sati, which supports family caregivers as companions for their well-being across a variety of psychosocial needs through coaching, counseling, support groups and training. Her story was included in the book by best-selling author Rashmi Bansal, Touch the Sky. Stories of women across India who are changing their destiny. She's also a motorcyclist and believes that motorcycling has helped her push the boundaries of the body and mind. So stay tuned for this very special episode and enjoy the conversation. Hi Bhavna, welcome to our podcast, The SOS Show and thank you for joining in. And to begin the conversation, I'm just blown by the kind of work that you guys are doing with your organization, Caregiver Sati. And just to start it, just tell me, how is your organization one of its kind when it comes to caregivers? Thanks, Suchita. I am delighted to be here and uh, thank you for the warm welcome as well. I suppose we are one of a kind right now because we are probably um, starting off in an area that is usually invisible and it does feel like something that uh, not too many people think about. So um, perhaps that's the reason uh, it feels like one of a kind. My guess is that in a few years, you will have many, many organizations like us and which will be something that will be required given um, how significant this issue is likely to become in the coming years. We often tend to think about the person who is ailing. We often see that suffering. What we do not see is the pain and the suffering and the trauma of the caregiver. Someone who is supporting the person ailing or aging, but um, unable to do anything about it. Also as a culture, I think we tend to take people who care for us for granted. Mm. So, it so, might be time mm. to shift that. Sure. When you talk about culture, Bhavna, are you talking about the specific culture of India where where caregiving is something that A, not paid attention to and B, uh, it, we are still trying to understand what caregiving is? Yes, I think world over, we are trying to understand what caregiving is. Mm. Um, world over, there are a few similarities. And um, there are some, um, some nuances that are 
special to India. For example, world over, caregiving um, is uh, something that is expected of family. And uh, world over, caregiving is a gendered role. More women do caregiving both in unpaid roles as well as in paid roles. Mm -hmm. And um, world over, it is something that is coming to prominence now mm -hmm. because of the fact that we are becoming smaller families, we are becoming fragmented communities. Um, there is um, an emphasis on individual success far more in some cultures than others. Right, right. So when we talk about caregiving, Bhavna, what are a few important functions of the person that we are referring to? So that's a great question. A large number of people come to me thinking that Caregiver Sathi is an organization in which we provide people who will care for you. That is the common practice, which is that are we an agency that will provide you a qualified good person who can help care mm -hmm. for the uh, loved one. And very often I have to, uh, you know, say, but you are the caregiver as far as we are concerned. Mm -hmm. So in our language, first of all, over the last few years, the person who is the attendant or the assistant in providing care or the paid caregiver has become the definition of caregiver. But in uh, in our language, we believe that the primary caregiver is the family member who carries the psychological responsibility of providing overall care to the person who has some life limitation. Now, um, there are many components to providing care. The first one is, of course, the physical work. And uh, for that, you can outsource it, you can get a helper, etc. And that's where the paid care work, caregiver comes in. There is also a big component of emotional or psychological uh, element of caregiving. Research suggests that if the person has a sense of conviction, well-being, the conditions for healing are better for the patient. So the emotional and psychological well-being of the caregiver is pivotal to the healing and well-being of the patient or the person who needs care. The third element is uh, finances. And um, you do need money for medical expenses, for other ancillary expenses, for what are called out-of-pocket expenses. Or if the caregiver has decided to give up their jobs, then uh, there is the need for financial caregiving. And finally, there is also um, caregiving, which is, um, there are various other elements that can lead to the mental health challenges. For example, if the person is singularly only a caregiver and does not have other roles, they tend to be isolated from society. So there is an element of social well-being in caregiving too. Um, those would be the top four elements as far as uh, we look at it. Right, right. And 
and when it comes to the caregiver the person who is qualified to be somebody who can be a caregiver and coming from my own experience bhavna do you think that there are a lot of qualities that needs to be imbibed because it's not an easy job so as a caregiver what are the couple of qualities that needs to be pushed for me to be qualified to go and do this job the way that i look at it is that i think somebody who is a good caregiver is a person who is very disciplined themselves mm-hmm. so they have the practice of looking after themselves as much as the other person and i would rate that as the highest uh, competence for being able to provide long term care mm-hmm. the second is that a good caregiver is one who can be kind and compassionate to themselves as much as to others so they do not deprioritize themselves they have uh, the ability to offer empathy kindness uh, forgiveness to themselves as much as the other people so discipline mm-hmm. compassion would be the two big ones uh, in my mind mm-hmm. of course uh, there is elements of resilience which means the person has the ability to adapt to changing circumstances because um, in long term care or in um, uh, difficult illnesses the circumstances are constantly changing they are ambiguous they are unpredictable and a good caregiver has the ability to not just cope with it but adapt to it very effectively so that would be the third thing and um, the fourth competence to my mind is your ability to seek support as much as your ability to be in the center of things and do things but how can you uh, enroll other people to support you in the caregiving journeys i would look at these as very important elements of caregiving but mama tell me if someone does not fit in a few of these criteria what kind of research that has your organization done in terms of providing support to the needs of caregivers so you know as per our research there are uh, top 5 dilemmas that caregivers have uh, mm. we are in a society where caregiving is expected from family um, second caregiving is a gendered role third the mental health and well-being of caregivers um, mental health and well-being in general is not something that is widely understood and certainly subscribed for so we are at the complex intersection of um, a family responsibility and understanding of caregiving gendered roles and um, inadequate appreciation of mental health challenges now the dilemmas that a caregiver faces are uh, the top 5 are uh, self care versus patient care which mm-hmm. one comes first mm-hmm. the second is who can i talk to and who will understand me mm-hmm. without either putting me on a pedestal or uh, you know making me uh, or, or trying to you know tell me that all will be fine or i don't need to worry about this etc So can I share my feelings of anger, frustration, guilt, shame, you know the difficult emotions and I will feel understood and appreciated for that. 
the third mm. biggest dilemma of caregivers is that can i talk about my caregiving role at my workplace mm. um because workplaces usually have very tight boundaries and this is considered personal stuff so it's difficult to talk about your caregiving role at your workplace the fourth biggest dilemma of caregivers is should i do everything myself or can i get someone else to help me because uh, being hands on and doing stuff yourself seems to be of greater premium than um, you know getting someone else to do it because then you're not a good enough caregiver mm. and uh, the fifth biggest dilemma is that with the increasing availability of information right now we have the world wide web google whatever else it can be overwhelming so where and how can i get the right sized information that can help me make quick decisions now oh. these are the top 5 dilemmas that usually caregivers have and um they get compounded by gender so when women are caregivers it, there is another layer to it mm. and when men are caregivers uh, there is a different nuance to it right and and if you would like to elaborate that point when it comes to gender uh, do you feel that you, as you as you mentioned with gender it gets compounded so so do you feel that when it comes to women it's something that might just be uh you know they might need more help as caregivers versus men or is it the other way around so different nuances mm. and i think uh let me give you some statistics here 74% of the caregivers in india are daughters in law they are automatically volunteered into the role of the caregiver and they are expected to be the caregiver more than 90% of the caregivers the primary caregivers of children with disabilities or challenges are mothers invariably except for breast cancer for obvious reasons the caregivers are women uh it will be a cultural norm or an expectation that family caregiving will take precedence over career financial independence etc we have movies uh, serials um, television content that will suggest that a woman who prioritizes her career is a vamp and is uh, not a desirable good enough woman um and that is not true for men men have a different challenge patriarchy works both ways right it impacts both men and women men are expected to continue providing financially irrespective of whether they are actually inclined to be better caregivers um so even if a man wanted to look after let's say his parents he cannot not be the earning member of the house because he will be looked down upon so um because of this challenge what happens is um that men who may want to be caregivers find it hard and women who may not want to be <laughs> caregivers primary caregivers find it hard and when you are in a role that 
doesn't come naturally to you there is always stress and tension they so the gender stereotypes work both ways and the other thing is that um you know women are under greater scrutiny for caregiving so they will be judged more for example this whole thing about uh, how hands on are you applies to young mothers as well uh do you have a nanny to look after your child or do you do everything for the child yourself there is some kind of pride and premium and value oh my god this mother does everything for the child versus oh my god she's more interested in her job than her child now um there is for example when a man is a caregiver he will be spoken about in so much uh adulation and admiration uh whereas when a woman is a, a caregiver she will it will be taken for granted this is what you're supposed to do you're a woman right right these are the gender nuances that impact caregivers and are they sort of specifically india related or it's worldwide i think it is a little uh more enhanced in india right yeah right uh, i don't have specific data but the more right. i look at uh western uh data mm-hmm. i find that the acceptance that you know women should be working there is a need for gender pay equity etc right is slightly different right 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 totally tell me bhavna we as you as you mentioned the data that 74% of daughter in laws are caregivers and it's sort of it presumed that you know, the moment they come in the family they have to be a caregiver so when we talk about this when we talk about a daughter in law for example are they sort of do you think running an organization that somebody who just comes from outside is given a role are they sort of ready for it or versus they need to be trained for it so i believe that when we uh, were in larger families and we were in more close knit communities mm. one grew up in an environment where someone or the other was aging someone or the other was ailing and you kind of got conditioned into the you know the aspect of caregiving simply by growing up in a household if i think about my growing up years we used to live with our, my grandparents i saw them growing up i saw them aging my grandmother was pretty much the caregiver to many people in the family so she would go and care for people people would call on her and so on and so forth mm. uh it was natural but my daughter is growing up in a nuclear family and um, she talks to her grandparents once in a while and you know she's not really experiencing uh the aging process she's not really sitting with her grandparents on a regular basis so it is less likely that she will be groomed into caregiving yeah and much less you know our previous generation so on so it is becoming harder for mm. people to have a natural experience of caregiving so it needs to be introduced in a slightly different fashion Mm. because it's not naturally happening 
I want to also highlight another statistic which is mind blowing, mm-hmm. which is that um, Oxfam 2020 released a report in Jan 2020, which is uh, that in India, mm-hmm. women and girls do 3.26 billion hours of work, unpaid oh mm-hmm. care related work, unpaid care related work mm-hmm. daily. Oh my God. now if you were to convert it into some kind of a value and they have applied mm. a formula mm. this is equivalent to 19 lakh crores of gdp wow okay now just try and wrap your head around this number it's 19 lakh crores mm. wow the entire economy of the country sits on the unpaid care related work that women and girls do which could be cooking looking after children looking after the aging cleaning the house if women are going to work in the formal sector workplaces then we are relying on other women who come from the lower income strata mm. so invariably the gender inequality gets deepened mm. because we do not acknowledge the care related work that is done for us daily mind blown yeah totally totally what an important point what an important research this is absolutely mind blowing bhavna tell me when it comes to caregiving uh, for say disability or other related issues versus when it comes to caregiving when it is a mental health issue when we talking about a caregiver who is taking care of say somebody in their family who has schizophrenia or someone who has a bipolar or somebody who is uh, extremely depressed how is that caregiving or slash a caregiver how would you sort of categorize that caregiver and what is the kind of uh, training or support would that person need So there is uh, enough research about the trauma and the caregiving burden that the primary caregiver carries. Mm. Now, when there is a person with a disability, mm. the very obvious thing is you know that that person has the limitation, mm. and the other person has is the um, dominant uh, care provider. Mm. in the case of mental illness mm. our awareness and understanding of various illnesses is relatively poorer mm. the inability or the disability is a lot less predictable it is a lot less understood yeah usually in mental illnesses like bipolar or schizophrenia or clinical depression mm. we do not even have the language yes we do not have the resources and we do not have adequate understanding of what needs to be done to cope with it and what needs to be done to adapt to it and coping and adapting are two different things mm-hmm. whereas yes. when there is a disability the acceptance the reluctant acceptance maybe the grudging acceptance but you know it is a little more visible yes yeah Yes. And so, the role mm. is a little more clear. Mm, mm, mm. Yes. 
Yes. So this is this is a challenge that Abidine sort of addressed with a couple of caregiving episodes that we did uh, for the SOS show. So, so tell me, Bhavna, running an organization, when you talk about a poor understanding, language, resources of mental illness is not there. What do you suggest in terms of uh, how can we, you know, enhance the resources and take more care or slash train the caregivers in the mental illness space? I have a few suggestions. I'm not sure I'm a, uh, I'm an authority on the subject, but sure. I, I'm happy to share what my uh, experience and thoughts are. Hmm. Um, so, for example, even with, um, let's say, two of my colleagues, yeah, hmm. I find that relatively the younger generation uh, has more language around hmm. uh, mental health and uh, their challenges. Yeah. They are, a one, experiencing the world very differently. Mm-hmm. to their ability to to be able to accept and say that I'm having mental health issues, as simple as that, yes. is very different from what was for my generation or my parents' generation. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. I don't think it would be very easy for me to acknowledge I think I'm going through a bout of depression. It would be a matter of shame for me. It isn't for the younger generation. Now, a balance needs to be arrived at. So, you're talking about under 25, younger generation, yeah. Yeah, under under 30 as well. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, people who maybe are in the more um, aware category. Maybe I'm talking about students who have studied psychology. Yes, okay. um, Mm. And people who of late have been in the... In, in the know. Right. I mean, my daughter can very easily say, right, in her school, she's allowed a day of off for mental health. Mm. So she she can have that conversation with no shame. Yeah, but that's uh, now. That's now. We're talking about a day off mental health. A mental health day off is now. Correct. Yeah. And um, let's talk about, uh, say, two young colleagues of mine. And they coming back and saying, listen, I think, I'm having uh, depression or I need mm-hmm. to see a therapist or I can't continue work. Uh, now, as a compassionate manager, mm-hmm. I need to listen to them. Mm-hmm. I need to understand what that is. Mm-hmm. But uh, I might not have too much uh, bandwidth, right? Right. To to offer that compassion and yet deliver the goals that I am um, expected to as an organization. Mm. So I could be a manager who has certain results and goals to deliver. Mm. And now if my team member comes and says, you know what, I can't continue. Mm. There are two outcomes. One is that I live with it. Okay, and I reallocate the work to someone else and I continue to pay that person. Second is I let that person go, which means I have to find another person and train another person. Both of these are difficult things for me as a manager. So even if I want to be compassionate and even if I want to be understanding, it is challenging. So I think... 
the first step will be that people will need to learn so uh to be compassionate and kind or understanding that mental health issues can happen even after you're compassionate and kind and understanding that they have happened yes it's not easy it's very tough it's very tough which is where caregiving in mental health space is something that sort of, it's it's a huge challenge i think speci- specifically for an organization like yours so but do you have a lot of cases of people who come and connect with you when it comes to mental illness space yes so we do have caregivers of schizophrenia depression bipolar those are mental illnesses yes and uh thanks to the pandemic the the there's been a surge in uh, anxiety grief mm-hmm. uh, languishing yeah. all kinds of things that yeah. are um that nobody is able to 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 put their arms around and understand for what it is and it slowed down everyone yeah but yeah. we live in a culture which talks about speed efficiency results all the time mm. so in that environment some people will need to be left behind because you know they need replenishment and there is a dichotomy there right mm. so for example if somebody turns around and says i expect you to understand me you are supposed to be a compassionate person and i expect you to appreciate that i am going through this mental health challenge it's a it's a difficult tight rope to walk i'm probably answerable to my manager i'm answerable to my organization my shareholders you know in a classic organization mm. and uh, the pressure cannot be entirely on me to understand as the caregiver i could be mm. a family member who is the caregiver mm-hmm. and i could be a colleague or manager who is the caregiver mm-hmm. and on many occasions there is a disproportionate pressure that the caregiver should be understanding that mm-hmm. the caregiver mm-hmm. should offer compassion right but and i yeah i believe that's going to be the next challenge because caregivers are going to run out of compassion mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. compassion fatigue is a is is a concept in play yeah yeah but 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 do but but just to sort of uh, um underline the question a couple of points in terms of when uh somebody in the caregiving space comes to a mental illness to you seeking for you know advice or training how how do you handle that if a caregiver comes to us uh, first of all we talk about going to a mental health professional and mm. uh jointly having a conversation because uh the mental health of one individual impacts the whole family mm-hmm. so it is not about fixing just that person it is about understanding what are the circumstances and how can that be coped or managed with by the whole unit mm-hmm. even if you are not cohabiting the other members contribute to the mental health or illness of the individual and if you are living together then uh you know that much more 
so the first thing is to invest in understanding what is it that you are dealing with to so get more information from mm. an authentic reliable source preferably a professional understand what the various roles are look at family counseling look at understanding what it means Mm. to um have the condition so if you could visualize i would say that the medical condition is really at the center mm-hmm. there is one person who is affected by it mm-hmm. there is a caregiver mm-hmm. and now that caregiver could be the family caregiver mm-hmm. and there might be or might not be a paid caregiver which could be uh your professional mm-hmm. there needs to be a very close understanding openness transparency among all these people and you have to learn to dissociate the illness from the person who has the illness mm-hmm. that's the biggest challenge in mm-hmm. mental illnesses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we will we will we do not use words like this person is navigating schizophrenia Mm. we use language like this person is schizophrenic mm. right right mm that's so interesting right and, mm. Mm. and that becomes a very important shift to make mm right right but but that's a that's a cultural shift yes i mean that that's a huge shift that's something that you as an individual cannot trigger it you know you would need you know the whole the whole laws everything to to trigger along with it uh not necessarily mm. uh, so long as you can start it because okay. if so long as you are mm. aware uh, mm. you can't wait for the whole world to mm. get it. Mm-hmm. um i mean it's the starfish story right you mm. just keep throwing one starfish at a time and that's it um uh cannot wait for everybody to get this nuance mm. you do what you can do in the little world that you're in mm. so for example if i am a caregiver to someone who has an addiction or uh, someone who is grappling with uh, a mental illness mm. i can <laughs> i'm reminded of gandhi's favorite quote be the change that you want to see so mm. you can just simply use the language that you can use mm-hmm. and you can role model and you can point that out to as many people as you can point out mm-hmm. and these days you can write a lot of people are writing and uh, it will reach a tipping point uh, and you don't have to worry about that mm. right so if a caregiver is looking for help somebody who's dealing with a family member in the mental illness space like a like a schizophrenia bipolar a depression whatever it is and then they sort of come to your organization or call your organization how should they sort of approach you uh, should they call you as mentioned on the website and once they call you and they get to you what is what are the things couple of things that you would need from their end so um we usually encourage the person do mm. not want to fix their loved one mm. the first thing is to not say you know what can i what can that person do or what can i do for that person mm. the first shift is to recognize that i am in this situation and i need a support system mm. 
right so uh, join the support group mm-hmm. we have a support group which is on whatsapp uh, very soon we will have we have one which is on facebook uh, it's a closed group in which you can ask your questions you can interact with other caregivers uh, you might not find a you know everyday activity and action but it is a very close knit group that will respond to your queries um so first recognize that you need support and you are coming for support for yourself and not for your loved one is step 1 mm. step 2 is i am not just coming for medical help and help from experts i am coming to share uh, and learn from other people in similar circumstances and i have wisdom to offer from my life experience as well is the second part mm-hmm. so participating in the support groups participating in the healing circles because i have something to contribute is the next step mm-hmm. and then one can look at availing the services which is do i want to take individual counseling do i want to take family counseling do i want to uh, take coaching do i want to um uh, you know listen to the fortnightly webinars do i want to do one of the workshops all those things come later right right brilliant that's uh, this, this sounds sounds good tell me bhala before we end uh the conversation uh what's the starfish story so there was a boy who was walking down the beach mm. and um he saw some starfish on the beach mm. he picked it and threw it into the sea and an older man came was watching him came by and said what are you doing mm. and he said I am throwing the starfish in the sea. Mm-hmm. He said, "Why are you doing that?" He says, mm-hmm. "Because, you know, the starfish needs this." And uh, so he says, "You have any idea how many starfish are uh, brought on the beach every day across the world? Mm-hmm. How can you even make any significant impact?" Mm-hmm. So the how does it matter whether you do it or not and the boy said well it matters to this one mm, lovely and he picks one and throws that into the sea brilliant beautiful this is a beautiful story thank you so much bhavna i so appreciate the work that you're doing suchita so, i'd like to sign off with something around your questions on mental illness and a call out to all caregivers out there Sure. We find that caregivers of people with cancer and illnesses find it a lot easier to tell their stories. Mm. People who are caregivers to individuals navigating mental illnesses like schizophrenia, bipolar, clinical depression find it so hard to tell their stories. Yeah. and we believe very strongly that telling your story is healing not just for yourself but also for the listener so this is a shout out to anyone if you want to tell your story we would love to host you 
you can tell your story in two formats one is a video which in which you will uh, you will tell your story the second is if you choose to be anonymous then we have a podcast called caregiver diaries in which we tell stories about caregivers as if they were writing their diaries and you will be anonymous so it might not matter to a whole lot of starfish but it will matter to that one starfish whose life you have saved so look out for that one starfish whose life you might save every single day that's it folks for this episode i thoroughly enjoyed it and i hope you guys enjoyed it too take good care of yourself until next week stay tuned for more episodes from the so show 